Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. going on everybody and welcome to c2c radio show corner to corner wrestling radio live on c2c radio show.com spreaker.com slash corner to corner and all of your favorite podcast distribution sites i'm stan grubb my tag team partners are here brian taylor is here what's good what's up what do you know i don't know a damn thing i'm just here to i'm here to be educated by you guys and my other tag team partner rob hefner is here Ladies and gentlemen, I am here. I do not know nothing or anything or whatever the proper grammar is, but I'm here. <laughs> don't know for how long, mentally. <laughs> and of course, this edition of Corner to Corner is brought to you by our good friend, co-host Diego, and his interesting podcast. He's talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. Brian, have you gotten yourself caught up on Let's Find Out yet? Mm, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I'm working on it. We do have so, a link on the website where you can check it out. Yeah, but also on uh, where else? YouTube. That one he's on. He is all, well. He's all over the place. He's he's going live from well, not live, but he uploads new episodes every Saturday through Anchor, um, Anchor.fm. His web page is at podpage.com/slash Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. See, that's why I prompt you to tell people things. I say YouTube. You say, nope, you're wrong. Let me let me correct that. And then you, you tell the people where they can listen to them. His most recent episode, May 5th, uh, talking about Cleveland 2018. Nate and his brother witnessed several different flying objects over his house. Also, a cube within a sphere that ejected a number of orbs not soon after that, followed by a tic-tac object. If that doesn't pull you in to wonder what the hell is happening here, I don't know what to tell you, because that's, that's craziness. You guys believe in UFOs? Uh, how long you got? <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> it's our show. I got as long as you want us to have. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I mean, but the problem is, you know, if I'm like, yes, I believe you're like, okay, well, let's talk wrestling. Then, you know, <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you may not be a believer. So, you know, how, I, you know I know what? how I, skeptics can get. I actually think that there's definitely something else out there. What it is, I got no idea, but there's something out there. Uh, Yeah, so I'm a firm believer. Most things, 
Um, I don't want to call them odd. I don't really want to use paranormal, but I believe in a lot of different things. UFOs, ghosts. Um, not quite sold on Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think it's possible, though? Yes. Rob, how about you? Paranormal, supernatural, UFOs. You believe in this stuff? What do you think? Here's the thing. I don't mess with the voodoo because I don't want it to come get me. Um, I believe in it. I mean, here's the thing. How messed up was 2020? <laughs> the fact that during the pandemic, the federal government released documents that the Air Force intercepted three objects in the sky that they could not figure out what they were. And our world was so messed up that nobody cared. Like, it was on the news. They're like, oh, yeah. Mask mandates today. Oh, by the way, the UF, the federal government identified as UFOs exist. Next door. Like, I think they're out there. It's just they keep stopping long enough for us to be like, you all are messed up. Next. <laughs> Now, Definitely Bigfoot, was. I don't know. I think they would have found him by now. Mm, so that's the key. Like, Or he'd be dead. Well, yeah, but to me, where he's at are very, like, uh, heavily wooded areas. And some of the places are, you know, you, you, you would never find anybody out there. Well, that's to say that Bigfoot or Sasquatch, however you want to refer to it, is a life expectancy of an animal we know of or a person we know. Of. You know what I mean? Like it, it could easily be like a, there's some turtles out there that live for hundreds of years. Right. And I don't know a damn thing about the subject when it comes to Bigfoot. I just know that what we don't know far outweighs what we know, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> So, but yeah, UFOs, paranormal, I get into all that stuff. He's he's found a very unique niche, and uh, Diego has has always had a way with uh, with just getting into the heart of these subjects. I, I listened to a couple of his episodes. This is pretty good stuff. I mean, I I myself never really would have thought to actually have conversations with some of these folks, but not just to, to seek them out, but to have these conversations, give them an open platform, and really to hear them out, not just to you know, ask them questions and come off maybe condescending, because I know there's shows out there that would do that, but genuine interest in, in finding out, hey, what's really happening? You know, I mean, that, that's pretty cool to me. Um, but that's, that's Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Like I said, it's at podpage.com slash let's find out with co-host Diego, and of course you can catch him on uh, anchor.fm. Now, let's try this, though. Yes. Let's go on a ghost hunt. You down? Sure, why not? Oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm not, again, I'm not talking about just some ordinary place. Okay, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Waverly Hills Sanitarium. I know I've told y'all about it before. Waverly Hills Sanitarium. Hmm. I know I've told you. Nobody wants to go. This is in Louisville, Kentucky. That's right. Man, look at the website for this place. Wow. Website itself is creepy. And, of course, there's ghosts walking through the little image on the website. That's cool. Man. 
So what's the story behind Waverly Hills? Tell me about it, man. Uh, so starts off as a tuberculosis hospital. Um, and uh, that was a big thing early 1900s, for those of you that don't know. Um, so, of course, they didn't understand tuberculosis, didn't know how to stop it, so they experimented on people. They um, horrific-type experiments. They weren't able to um, really do anything with the cure or anything for some time. Uh, I think it was like 65,000 or something like that. Never walked down to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, it was some crazy number. Um, and it was built. It's five stories tall. The higher up you get, the worse, the, the, the crazier, I guess, the patients were. So in the very top, you had those that were just um, mentally insane that had tuberculosis. Right, because you had to have a place to put them. Um, basically, there were so many uh, people that were dying that they decided, well, let's build a, a tunnel in this mountain so that we can um, take the dead bodies out because we don't want people to, um, you know, lose their. Um, we don't want people to get upset because we're taking so many of these, you know, so many people out of there. So they built the death tunnel. And when they would die, they would take them down this tunnel and then they would put them on a train and take them out of there. All right. So that's pretty much the gist of it <clears throat> for, for that. And then when they beat tuberculosis, it turned into a, Sanitarium, which, for those who don't know, is the old term for a mental hospital. Um, and then all types of shenanigans happen at the mental hospital. And ultimately, it's supposed to be one of the most haunted places in America. So oh, actually the world, I think, not just America. So you see shadow people. You have things thrown at you. Uh, there's a bunch of cool videos about the little boy in the ball. Um, little boy in the ball. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So there's a, apparently a ghost of a little kid that likes to play with balls and people take balls and they put them in rooms and then they walk out of the room and the balls will roll out of the room on their own and roll right down the hall. That, that so sounds kind of kind of terrifying, actually. <clears throat> so to take a tour, it's uh, an overnight tour. You go in, they lock oh, wow. you in. Uh, sorry, Hell I was drinking no. refreshing Coke. And uh, <laughs> basically, you have you have run of the place to. I have run out of the place to do your thing. So I pulled up the the website where you're kind of giving us the background here. This is a a place that operated all the way up until 1981. It was closed down and quarantined in 1961. 1962 reopened as a nursing home. It was ultimately closed down uh, 
roughly 20 years ago later. Wow. Uh, we could do, I think it's Pennsylvania State Penitentiary. Um, I think it's Pennsylvania State. Um, there's another one in West Virginia. Um, I mean, we got a lot of them. Y'all want to go? We'll go. We'll even, what, we'll even call Diego. What kind of stuff do you take with you on a ghost hunt? Uh, well, so since we would be, you know, kind of am- amateuristic, because <laughs> this, <laughs> right. this would be our first one, right? Uh, you know, just just uh, like record devices, so your cell phone might would work because it'll record, um, you know, cameras, that type of things. Uh, um, if you were higher up, they have all types of expensive little gadgets. Um, that pick up, you know, different things. So, fresh underwear, <laughs> right? Some depends, just in case. <laughs> I mean, damn, it, it it truly sounds sounds pretty scary. Like you go overnight, and then you're. You, I don't know a whole lot about ghosts, but. Isn't this kind of the type of thing that if you were, I don't know, you go in there and let's just say you insult one of the spirits. Like, couldn't they go with you? Like, you could bring that kind of evil stuff home? Um, so, you have, of course, this is the way I understand it. I'm not, like, um, majorly versed in this. I do know enough to be dangerous. Um, so you have kind of like what's called like a residual haunt, um, which I think is the one that, you know, you're in, you're in your bedroom and you hear footsteps at about the same time every night on the hardwood floor, you know, the floor above you. Right. So that's kind of like residual. So they're just kind of stuck in, stuck in a rut. They're not really doing anything um then you have ones that'll you know can interact and uh like draw energy and um that type of stuff so those are those are a little bit mm, the next level you know it'd be like hey uh here's a flashlight i want you to draw energy from this and move that picture you know and your your flashlight goes dim as the picture frame flies across the room, right? Uh, the ones that follow you would probably be classified more as like demons if you're really into that type of stuff. Um, now that doesn't mean that a ghost can't just haul off and you know, whack you, but uh, I think most of the ones that might follow you home are going to be a completely different type. Those are the ones you don't really want to fool with. That That's the kind of stuff that I would, like, not want to bring back with me. That would be kind of the thing that would keep me from really wanting to do something like that is bringing something home that you're not supposed to you know, bring home. Well, so that's like uh, – that's why you should never really fool with that stuff in your, in your own house, too. Right. You know, because the, while you, you might think it's kind of cool and 
I'm, I'm talking to ghost. <laughs> right, and right. Then, you never know which ghost you're actually talking to. Well, not only that, but there may not have been anything in the house prior to. Right. You know what I'm saying? I've heard stories where people have just been goofing off, and next thing you know, there's something there that wasn't there to begin with. And then they won't leave. So, because again, I, you know, uh, do I think my house has issues in that regard? Yes. And a lot more crazy stuff happened before my daughter was born, but uh, it does creep up from time to time. And I would never let somebody come into the house and, you know, screw around. You know, I wouldn't set a digital recorder out and try and ask questions just in case I piss it off. Right. I mean, because it's it's it could be any number of things. And, and I'm I'm not kidding. I mean, everything I've ever seen, I've watched a couple of these like ghost hunter shows before and. It could be a dialect you use. It could be a word you say. It's not necessarily you making fun of them, but they could just get insulted because it's from whatever time period or loop that they're stuck in. That would be what would freak me out. Uh, yeah. I mean, it freaks out a lot of people, but yeah, I would do it, you know, if I, I found the right group. Right. I mean, I've had experiences where I've, with the spirits that I feel like they were spirits, but you know, that's why I have the motto of I don't piss them off. <laughs> you know, like um, I've been in buildings where things fly across the floor unexplained. I've been in buildings where hanging from a ladder, you see something walk by you and you know, there's only two of you in this room and one's hanging. I'm on the ladder and the other guy's holding the ladder. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, I'm like Brian, you know, like I'm not going to seek it out. I'm not going to piss it off. I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, acknowledge it's there. Like I had a host family in Finland who said, hey, this house has spirits. This room is haunted. Um, the way you know Sleep is well. it's a picture by your. <laughs> huh? Sleep well. <laughs> yeah. And they said, the way you'll know is if the picture by your bed is turned by in the middle of the night when you wake up. So first thing I did was take the picture off the wall. Because if the picture ain't moving, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you got up the next day, was the picture still where you put it? <clears throat> yes. Oh, okay. Host family comes in and they're like, why is the picture on the floor? I said, you said if it turns sideways, this, the ghost is here. If it's on the floor, I don't know if the ghost's here or not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, I guess. <laughs> Hell yeah. Especially in Europe. You know how many ghosts are over there? Oh. But, I mean, I... Like, do I believe in ghosts? Yes. Do I believe in spirits? Yes. Do I want to go on a ghost tour with Brian to the crazy house in the middle of the woods? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will be in the car. I will drop you all off, and I will pick you up in the morning. Well, those kinds of events are, are supposedly, um, like, it's not just the, the stuff you hear and see. I mean, it's the other effects, like... You go in, you have a recorder, and the battery dies even though it was a full charge. 
cameras randomly don't work. If you have thermal vision, it, it blanks out. People that take, take uh, some of those really high, high advanced computers in there suddenly shut off, even though they were plugged into a power source kind of thing. Well, the even freakier ones are, uh, like, there's one reason that I'd never use the Connect for the Xbox, is there would be all types of things caught on the Connect that should have never been caught on Connects. Really? So, the, yeah, um, with, uh, there's all types of videos where people would be, um, like, facing one direction, and then something would pop up behind them. Um, and then they, they also, some people have used connects because uh, you hook a connect up to um, a computer, like a laptop, mm -hmm. right? And you can get it to track movement. And there's all types of videos where there's nothing there, but you can clearly... Uh, you know, like see the shape of a person, um, you know, like a stick figure with wow. a connect hook, hook to, um, a, you know, a laptop showing what the connect speed. And it's because it'll track movement. So it's tracking the movement of something. Mm -hmm. But um, what that is, you know, who knows? Yeah, I just sent you guys a link. Here's a link on windowscentral.com. It says, random news. Microsoft's Connect finds new life tracking the undead used by ghost hunters. Yeah. Posted uh, October 29th, 2021. Yeah, and they've been using them for a lot longer than that. Um, so, but yeah, I, I literally stopped using them after a couple of videos. Um. Because, you know, you'd have somebody, like, playing a game and streaming or something. And, you know, of course, the Connect is looking at their face and then over behind them, you know, like you'll see a mist or something start to, start to form. And, uh, you know, it's, that's kind of unnerving when you think you're the only guy, you know, only thing in the room. And, that's, oh, yeah. that's more than kind of. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really unnerving. Yeah. So, man, I can talk this all day. So, I can literally talk this all day. Well, I think maybe we need to uh, get you linked up with Diego. Perhaps you guys can go on a ghost hunt. Talk what about do you mean? Results. No, no. You two little jackasses <laughs> are coming too. What do you mean, little jackasses? I think Rob's taller than you. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Both of you would be going. I was, no, I was open to say I will go with you and drop you off. Nope. <laughs> It'll be the ride, and It'll I'll be, be in the, the hotel down the street, unghosted. Nope. nope. Behind You're the both locked going. door with the dresser in front of it. You're both going. Sorry, Charlie. You would both be going. I don't know about all that, bub. Some of that just, like I said, I'd be afraid of bringing anything home with me. Like You never know. That stuff's creepy. What if it gets on your shoe? <laughs> Paranormal activity. <laughs> what if it, like, 
hits you to ride your car, and then like it's like, ooh, I like this house better. Right. Go well. Your spirits go well with my spirits. You'll be okay. All right, listen, I've even offered to pay people to go on these things. I mean, ghost hunting is, is definitely out of my normal realm of, of comfort. I have no idea what I'd be doing in that. I tried to pay multiple people just to do the uh, graffiti house here in Culpeper. Like a group project from work. And I couldn't ha- I, I couldn't get no takers. Of course, it was going to be rigged, but oh well. Because <laughs> there's one room in the graffiti house where, like, women get pinched supposedly. So I was going to take a couple women, and they were going to go in that room. That is yet another building I will not be in at dark. I didn't like being in there today. It was creepy during the day with people in it. The graffiti house. Salubria is supposed to be one of the most haunted places in Virginia. Mm-hmm. You can't get in the Salubria. That, that would take a miracle to get in that place. Wait a minute. Where's Salubria again? On Route 3. <clears throat> I don't know, man. Don't know, don't know, don't know. Don't even know if I want to know. Suck it up. Listen to you. You deal, Spangler, the group over here. You got Tobin Spirit Guide over there. You'd be all right. (laughs) Uh, well, I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess it's all about what you believe and and what remains to be seen, right? How does one transition from ghost hunting to professional wrestling? <laughs> I don't know, but we're going to try to find out. It's pretty similar. Oh, yeah? I mean, if you start with WWE, it's like chasing ghosts. Yeah, yeah you got that right. <laughs> so, Battle Royal right now to decide who's going to challenge um, <clears throat> Gunther at uh, Night of Champions for the Inter- Intercontinental title. More tag teams in this Battle Royal than really anybody else, by the way. Yay. Triple H is making a positive change. It's his new start. <laughs> but I don't want to start with WWE tonight. I actually wanted to start. If you with believe WWE. that, <laughs> if you believe that there are some oceanfront property in Nevada that I would love for you to look at. I'm sure there's a lot of buyers out there. Hey, oh, officially, Rob, Brian has uh, renamed. From bobbleheads to asshats, the 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 ones that that just can't fathom what's out there aside from WWE. No, 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 no. It's the ones that make dipshitted comments. Those are your asshats. I know most of them can't fathom that there isn't life outside, but that could be anybody. Like I'll take a shot at a. Somebody, an AEW guy, if you can find one that says some stupid comment. 
you know, it's kind of like what um, Melcher today, I think it was today, <clears throat> the, the article was about some WWE legend and made the comment that AEW is riding the WWE's coattails. Oh, yes, I saw this uh, post. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of funny because that's pretty much how wrestling goes, right? Um, so who was the asset that said that? Refresh my memory. Who <laughs> the, the legend? Yeah, the, the yeah, legend yeah. who said WWE's uh, coattails are being ridden by AEW is yeah, none yeah. other than Eric Bischoff. Right, the same guy, the same guy in 1996 mm-hmm. brought Hulk Hogan to WCW, followed by Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Alundra Blaze, Randy Savage, Jim Duggan, Randy Savage, Brutus Beefcake, the Honky Tonk Man, the Honky. Are you Roddy Piper, the Ultimate Warrior? Uh, who am I missing? I know I'm missing like Bret Hart a lot. The Nasty Boys, Bret Hart, and uh, well, I don't know about Hell, the Marty Jannetty, Rick Martel. Uh oh, Tugboat. There's a good one. Earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Heenan mm-hmm. really <laughs> really this is the guy that's saying they're riding their coattails he he, he, he brought them it's called w, WWE South <laughs> basically this is what I don't I, this is like this is the bobblehead this is the epitome of the bobblehead or asshat yeah, I'm just going to say asshat, right? Head in Athens. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You're going to talk crap about AEW because they're supposedly riding WWE's coattails. And your claim to fame is bringing in half the WWE's roster. And his claim to fame is when he started to lose. Like, he won the Monday Night Wars because of the people that were there. And then when he started to lose, he couldn't write the ship. Well, I mean, he was responsible for breaking the ship. Right. Yeah. So then when they fired him, and then they realized, oh, crap, we're still screwed. And then they brought him back. They're like, oh, wait a minute. You can't catch lightning in the bottle twice? So, uh, I mean, it was. Yeah. I read it and I was like, "This guy, this is the guy." But anything Meltzer puts out is all clickbait. Mm-hmm. He's gone from the guy who used to kind of almost know everything going on to what can I what what dumbass heading can I do to get somebody to click? Yeah, but the thing about this one though is this is. Probably something he said, right? Because if not, Eric would have jumped all over him. And well, Eric said things before, you know. Yeah, but again, if... this is the dumbest thing Eric Bischoff has said because he made a fortune on WWE guys, 
and he let go bigger names. Jericho, Benoit, Eddie, goes on and on and on. Yeah, let's talk about that. You know, like while you're riding the coattails of Hogan, Savage, Piper, you let go Benoit, Malenko, Saturn, Mysterio. <laughs> Hello. Jericho, Guerrero. Guerrero. You know? It's interesting because in the in the comments that Bischoff makes, here's the first one. <clears throat> Tony Khan had one unique advantage that Major League Wrestling MLW doesn't have, or anybody else. He had $100 million. He's got an unlimited budget. He's not accountable. It's a really, really, really well-funded hobby. And that's not a negative. It, it's not a do-or-die situation for Tony Khan. This is his passion. Well, how is he not accountable? You mean to tell me if he blows through, oh, I don't know, what is it they lost in uh, 1998 to 99, uh, $250 million? You mean if he lost $250 million that you know his investors, including his father, wouldn't uh, hold him accountable? Jesus, if he if he spends time on a video game, he spent a million dollars on a video game, and the whole internet decided that AEW was going to fail because Fight Forever didn't come out in 2021. Like, come on. What? Yeah, but again, though, he says these things because he knows there are, like, the average fan, they don't know. They don't know the history. We know. We know he rode the coattails of Hogan and them. We know that. Most of these people weren't even alive today. Oh my God, Eric Bischoff, he was he was a wrestling genius. Oh, really? Because he took a hundred million dollar company and rode it into the dirt in five years. And there were points where along the way until of course history gets revealed that people did truly think that Eric Bischoff was a genius. And then of course as more facts come out and we start finding out all the decisions that he made that he said he didn't make. Even Conrad Thompson holds holds him accountable on this podcast 83 weeks. If you want to listen to a great example of Eric Bischoff just kicking himself in the dick, listen to his defense of Sting and Hogan at 97, Starcade 97. And listen to Conrad mm. Thompson just just bury him for being so stupid as to think that because a guy didn't have a tan and his quote-unquote head wasn't in the game, that they didn't decide to go with a clean victory. But instead, only a couple months later, decide to give him a clean win over Hogan and give him the belt anyway. Just, just brilliance. Brilliance. Here's the further quote that really uh, is where Bischoff talks about it. Of course, this is from Strictly Business. He does a, a podcast on ad-free shows. AEW isn't contributing. AEW is taking advantage of the success of a WWE, for example. It is because <clears throat> there is this company called WWE that is worth $9 billion that makes executives in the industry go, hmm, we might be able to be worth $9 billion, but we could be worth a lot because the market is here. WWE has established a worldwide market for this product more than anybody else. If WWE would have been in the tank four years ago and would have been flatlining and not selling out arenas and just stumbling through pay-per-views, do you think Turner would have jumped on AEW? 
What's Turner got to do with AEW? Well, Turner's where they're on. He's now. still mad at Turner because Turner sold WWE. Yeah, does Turner even do anything? No. No, I mean it's a Warner Discovery. Right. You, right but you right. see so what I'm he's saying? Still living under the under the old. Yeah. Stuff. Because he's like, well, nobody's going to pay attention to this. Well, I've decided that any reference any reference to Eric Bischoff from now on needs to be covered by Diego's show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll ask the question. Why? Because the crazy shit that's out there, the stuff that he just comes up with, is like UFOs and shit. Like, yeah, it's worth a $9 billion if it's like, all right. WWE was sold for $9 billion. If WWE didn't have all these already signed multi-million dollar deals, they wouldn't be worth that. Right. But, I mean, are they the standard bearer of, like, you know, did they lay the groundwork for a lot of things? Yes. Why? Because they were the only act in town for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you could sit here and go, WWE laid the groundwork. Well, of course. Because everybody else that tried to, WWE stamped them out of business. Or they had dumbasses leading them that tried to compete with food stamps, and it ain't working. Well, look at more recently so, what they tried to do to Major League Wrestling and try to keep them from a streaming deal. And then, I mean, the difference between the ones that have tried to compete in the past and AEW is AEW started as at, as this offshoot you know, we're going to do our thing. And what they did right was they came at it on a way that Vince is Vince's ego was like, oh, they're not going to be a threat. Look at them. You've got inmates running the asylum. Huh. They're not going to they're not going to do anything. Well, dumb shit. Yeah, they did. And here we are. And so that's why we're sitting here going, uh oh. You know, and Eric's trying to cash in because he's got a legends contract. But you can't tell me that if given the opportunity, he wouldn't have his little podcast or something sitting on all in. Or Starcast, you know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. Poor Eric. He gives himself more credit than he's worth. They let him come out that one time on AEW television, and they're mad because they didn't roll out the red carpet and kiss his ass like Vince does. No. He's been trying to ride that, the whole, look what I did in WCW since WCW folded, right? Mm -hmm. Under whose watch? His. Thank you. The fact that they got bought out while he was in charge and he didn't know. Come on. He's like those guys that are stuck in the prime, you know, like we joke about, you know, the ones that come all over to the, to the different conventions or whatever. And they're like making all their money on this one thing, you know. It's like, He's like the Al Bundy. I've scored four <laughs> touchdowns. In okay, football. <laughs> right. Exactly. Four touchdowns. He's the, guy, <laughs> he's the guy who peaked in high school. That every time you see him in the story, he's like, hey, man, remember remember science class? <laughs> that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> mm -mm -mm. 
Sorry. Uh, I had to get on that little tangent for a minute. No, I I uh, I figured there'd be an asset of the week. I just didn't figure it would reveal itself in such easy fashion. Oh, that that <laughs> early? Yeah, I just yeah. saw that today, today earlier. And again, I knew who said it, but I didn't want I didn't want to just call him out like that. Then I said, "Screw it, let's do it." <laughs> Trust me, he, he uh, I'm sure he'll continue to do what he does, and he'll blame Meltzer for taking it out of context. But here's the thing. The, the quote that I read it from is from WrestlingInc.com, so it's not like Meltzer's the only person that heard it. Um, and, and there's a lot of fans out there. It's not just us. There's tons of fans out there that know what really happened. You can't you can't snowball people for but so long until finally somebody's like, wait a minute, that's, that's not what happened. Yeah, but I I think he goes off the premise of the modern fan mm-hmm. who doesn't know their history, right? You know, the fans that have only known WWE, right? right? They they don't know anything about WCW unless the WWE puts it on their, you know, their peacock. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they don't they you know they don't they never saw. And didn't know the importance of Sting at the first uh, uh, Clash of Champions. They didn't. They don't know the importance of Steamboat and Flair and the Horsemen. They didn't live the Horsemen, so they, oh, they just, you know, it's, oh, it's what's on Peacock, you know. It, it's you know they they didn't live through Monday Night Wars. They didn't shoot. They didn't even know that uh, what what was the Monday Night. WWE program called at one time. Um, Primetime wrestling. Yeah, there you go. The, it wasn't live. It was all taped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I used to love when it was primetime wrestling. Sure. You know, McMahon or and Heenan would be in the, you know, that would be. A little control like, room or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Or when they would spoof Johnny Carson and you know, have their guest and, uh, yeah, the hijinks and stuff. But, hey, ah, average fan today has no clue. trips me up about, ben, uh, about almost said Benoit Bischoff. Because, like, he came up in AWA in the 80s during all of these things that are happening. How do you not become aware of what these things really mean? Like, you can't tell me a guy that comes in there and gets the – you know, the vice president job at WCW in, what, 94, 95? He 94. gets his job, and he doesn't know the magnitude of what the full horseman brings to, WW, to, to wrestling in general, WCW. He doesn't know the magnitude of what Sting's match with Flair at, at Clash of Champions brought. Like that's that's what always tripped me up about him, because here's a guy that, that had vision, and I credit him that. But he had vision because of the benefit of the stars that he brought in, Hogan Hall, Nash, etc. You know, we just listen. And he doesn't see Ric Flair and the Horsemen as as marketable in a, in a feud, even a long term feud with the NWO. Well, uh, you know, again, the the problem with that is. You know, you got people in his ear. You got people that it's known they had certain control. You know, that's why, you know, Hogan and Flair never really met WWE. Yep, yep. 
Didn't quite have that control. Oh, I'm sure he had some, but he didn't have that kind. Because if he did, he probably would have never lost to the Warrior. I wonder how you know many people saying? have the uh, that doesn't work for me, brother clause in their contract. <laughs> Very few. Listen, listen, listen. Terry thinks that's a great idea, but I'm not sure that's what Hulk Hogan would do. Oh, Jesus. Mm. <laughs> and weren't there weren't there others with something similar to? Uh yeah, I mean both sides Did Nash Nash had it. Um I'm sure Shawn Michaels had it towards the end of his run before he got hurt. Um Oh well, yeah, but I'm talking like WCW. Lane I'm Nash. To, I don't think Scott Hall had it, but I'm sure he had influence. I don't think Randy Savage had it, although he should have. Um But again, that's why the horsemen were dogged out. Yeah. You know? You know, if you if you uh, Nash had it for a while, Bischoff had it. Didn't a Dusty? I think might have had it for a little bit. I was going to say, has had Dusty gone up north by that point behind the scenes, or is he still there? So Dusty's there pretty much the entirety of Bischoff's run, and Bischoff takes over in '94. Dusty has the book in '94. Flair has the book for a portion of '94. Bischoff takes over officially with the book when Hogan comes in and starts maneuvering the pieces. 95 goes, and it's basically Bischoff, um, Kevin Sullivan, and and Dusty. Then 96 comes in, and that's where Hall and Nash arrive. And now it's basically a Hogan, Hall, and Nash, and Bischoff show. And Dusty, brother, is going up north to see, you know. Right. So, but you got to think, everybody gives Eric the kudos on the NWO. Mm -hmm. But what if, what if it was originally a brainchild of Dusty? And that's why when Dusty was gone, Eric couldn't do shit because he couldn't remember what Dusty did in the first place. Uh, I don't know. But you are getting too excited over that. <laughs> Holy cow, you're yelling. He's got the dusty impression down, though. Yeah. He do, he do. Don't get, don't get jealous, brother. I, think right. it, I don't think it would have been a dusty thing, because if it had been a dusty idea, we'd have seen a lot more back and forth, a lot more give and take. We'd have seen the beatdowns, but we would have never seen 12 NWO members. You know, we'd have seen a, a rival group at some point get built up, and it would have been a, there would have been a payoff. I just I, I think had it been a dusty plan, he would have seen it as a way to a way to a finish. I just don't think Bischoff and Bischoff's admitted this on his own podcast, by the way. Bischoff just didn't know how to book finish a finish for any match or feud. He was always in search of that guy that would help him. He said the uh, other day that he was looking for a guy that would basically be his version of Pat Patterson. Well, that explains why we didn't have a finish for three years. Well, his guy that he hired to do that was Johnny Ace, John Laronitis. 
Well, I mean, have we even figured out who ran over Savage or Goldberg in the Hummer, whoever it was? Never found out who was in the white Hummer. There you go, Eric. Start with that. You want to you want to finish? <laughs> Tell us who was driving the Hummer. Gosh. Guys, but it, it just it simply amazes me that like you're so caught up in your own world that you can't see that you screwed up so bad that you took a company that was around for a hundred years and you ran them in the dirt. And then you got the nerve to talk about a brand new, you know, company that's trying to do things. And not only let's, let's not forget that. Oh, Hey, Eric, what'd you do at impact? Oh, I know what you did at Impact because I used to watch Impact. Because at one time, Impact had a hell of a roster until a couple people showed up. And then you re- tried to recreate glory, and how'd that work out for you? Not well. Right now. As of 23 hours ago, according to WrestleTix on Twitter, AEW has sold 65,979 tickets. Well, they've distributed 65,979, estimated paid so far 61,346. The current setup is 74,025, with another 10,000 set to be. Um, Released? No, I'm sorry, 15,000 roughly being held back until they can verify sight lines and set builds and all that stuff. If you stop <laughs> ticket sales today, if you said you're sold out, just called it, it was 65. You have to look at All In, All In 2, excuse me, as an astronomical success. Because you haven't listed a single match. You haven't advertised one name, one talent, not even a damn announcer. It's just AEW's coming to London, coming to Wembley. I mean, that's that's unparalleled. I don't give a damn who you are. And if Bischoff comes into his podcast and says, oh, you know, that's just blah, blah, blah. Okay, you know, Bischoff, could, could WCW have gone to London? Nope. You tried. You went to the Wembley Arena and you barely did 8,000. Mm. For now, shame, for shame. WCW had, they had big ticket draws. The Georgia Dome, 42,000. Okay, cool. But AEW has surpassed you. It's okay to say, hey, they, they, they blew the doors off what we did. Way to go. Keep moving. It's okay to posit, you know, be positive and praise these guys. Like, what the hell? Why would you want to just tear him down? Here's the thing. You know, Brian, you mentioned it. I think Rob did, too. He's under this Legends deal with WWE, so obviously he's going to do what he thinks he's got to do to protect his own interests and, of course, to get you know clicks to his podcast and listens and everything. But, you know, at what point do you start to – okay. <laughs> let's say, as, as somebody once told me, let's take the B out of bullshit here and just recognize that they're doing something phenomenal. Like, come on. 
Triple H has even indicated to his people, and he's even liked the tweets from AEW celebrating their ticket sales, that they were close to selling out Wembley. His AEW's direct competition is saying, damn, good job. Oh, but they should, because at the end of the day, that's good for business. Yes, yes absolutely. Now, again, I'm not going to sit here and say that Triple H is setting the world on fire. Right. But I've never once said that he doesn't know business. No. You can you can make mistakes as a promoter, mm-hmm. but still know business. That's good for business. And that's that's what Triple H is acknowledging. Because again, okay, ah, man. They're, they've just surpassed all but, what, one or two pay-per-views of airs? Just about, yeah. Okay. So while the numbers are still, you know, sitting at around 900000 for AEW, there's hope that in a year, that 1.5, right? 1.25, whatever, right? Do you know who also benefits from that? Gonna say somebody smartened them up. The WWE benefits from that. Yep. Because the WWE wants to go back to the numbers they were getting during the Monday Night Wars. Mm-hmm. Right? The only way you can do that is with competition. If AEW increases its market share from the 880,000 where they're currently averaging to 1.2. Warner Discovery will have zero complaints, for the record. They're getting ready to announce a TV deal. Never mind all that, right? Because that's going to be that's gonna be fucking huge. And I don't give a damn what anybody says. That will change the game by itself, and that will improve business. Yes. If Max comes out with a streaming deal, as they've stated they want to, and do a concentration on live streaming sports to include AEW, now, now you're cooking with gas. And only a fool would look at look at WWE and say that they won't benefit from it. Because of course they will. <laughs> it's, your, your audience grows for the industry of professional wrestling and another company can't benefit from that? No, nah, nah, of course they do. Yeah, but here, here's what, the, like the misconception with marketing, right? Or with money, right? Okay, so they're on TBS, right? TBS has only dumped so much money into them. TNT, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. They've only dumped so much money into them so far, which was, I think, what, $5 million or something? Guess what you don't see a lot of? You don't see a lot of AEW commercials, right? Right. Well, guess what a billion dollars is going to get you? Because that's supposedly the reported number, some whack number like that. Guess what that's going to get you? That's a lot more advertising time, isn't it? That's a lot more, oh, we can we can put our, our wrestlers on cereal boxes. Mm-hmm. We can put our wrestlers in magazines. We can put our wrestlers on, uh, you know, send them out to TV and do interviews. See how that works? 
they get money, they can start making a whole dent. More people you bring in to things like that, the more people can watch product. And then eventually their numbers will grow. But it, t- it costs money. Now, SummerSlam, which is on August 5th, those tickets are available still. However, current t- tickets distributed, 39849 Current setup has them to be able to seat just over 44000 44604 Forbidden Door, 12972 is the current setup. There's only 91 tickets available. Not a single match. Not a single freaking match announced for either either one of those shows. Uh, let's see here. I had another one I wanted to pull up. Here's one that I still think that this this is this could change, but this is this raised my eyebrow. Double or nothing, which is scheduled to take place on the 28th of May. Current setup for 9,872. Total distributed 60, 69.59. So you got about 3,000 tickets left. That a lot of people have said that that's because of the fact that they've been back and forth to Vegas so often. I don't know. Is that is that possible? Could the could the Vegas area just be? They've hit that well too many times. I mean, what do you think? And when is the planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Pay-per-view? The 28th of this month. 13 days away. Okay. And what matches have been announced? Uh, Double or Nothing's card's actually almost finished. Let me pull that back up here. I just had it. So we got FTR against Jared mm-hmm. J. Lethal. We got MJF defending against Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen. We got Jericho and Adam Cole, which hasn't been made official yet. Um, those, gosh, I, you know, for some reason I thought we had more there. So no, there's there's actually quite a bit to be unfolded there. So maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe everybody's just waiting because there are tickets. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, I, you know, if you got a town that's, I mean, it's just like Chicago. Um, you know, Chicago ain't letting them down. Mm-hmm. They used to run the same arenas back in the day, constantly. You know how many times Richmond got Starcade? 
I mean, not Richmond. DC got Starcade. Like three or four years in a row. Yeah. Right? Norfolk. Richmond. Charlotte. You know, one time they they uh, they were running the big shows like that in the same arenas. So I'm not I I'm not putting any stock, and this could be same for the WWE, right? A pay per view. Um, I don't really look at the numbers on the pay per views all that much because those are you know they show up what once a once a month. You might get a pay-per-view every so many months in, in your area. To me, it's more important for Raw or SmackDown or Dynamite to see those numbers than actual pay-per-view. I figure this week we should see some kind of formal formal announcement with the BCC and the Elite. I'm sure there'll be a match there. Um, I'm Almost positive it's going to be Adam Cole against Chris Jericho. Jamie Hayter probably defending against maybe Soraya. Um, I, I mean, those are the ones, I, if I had to pick off the top of my head, those are probably the ones I would predict. But I'm sure there's a ton more to be announced. So, yeah, to your point, maybe it's uh, just waiting to see what else is announced just to see what's unfolding, and then maybe we see a surge there. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, if Omega's partner is Abushi, you don't think the numbers aren't going to go? Uh, one-eyed Hangman Page, you don't think the numbers aren't going to go? Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be a huge draw, to be honest with you. Either one, either one, if we're really looking at it. Looks, looks like uh, looks like the 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 layout that we talked about last week for how that match may be uh, unfolding. Um, well, Don Callis Don Callis showed us the showed us his true colors, I guess. Kenny Omega and uh, John Moxley have a great cage match, just really really good. Um, just beating the holy shit out of each other, especially with uh, I guess it was supposed to be a V trigger that puts himself and Mox like right outside the cage. That was ridiculous. Um, but the finish comes out where Omega has got Mox on his shoulders, hits the one winged angel. Don Callis breaks up the pin by stabbing Kenny Omega in the head with a screwdriver. I mean, I thought he was going to maybe turn on Omega. I didn't. I, if you had told me Don Callis is going to stab someone with a screwdriver, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have said, ah, I don't know about all that. But damn. So I guess Don Callis is going to be well, – we're going to find out his com- complete reasoning this coming Wednesday, but maybe he's the, the manager behind the BCC now? Possible. I mean, that, that would probably be good. a good thing. I think they probably do need a manager. Shame Regal went back. Yeah. Now that this thing is really, um, the feud is really starting to take off. He would have been so good in this role. Mm-hmm. Yes, he would have. He's just trying to get Kenny to find that extra level. 
Kenny's gotten soft. Danielson keeps saying amateurs. It always cracks me up. It just reminds me of when he was the, the Planets champion and calling all of the fans fickle back in the day a few years ago. Cracks me up. And then you see his face when, when uh, Callis stabs him in the head. He's got that crazy, goofy-ass smile on his face. Yeah, that was a good match, though. Yeah. I enjoyed it. What did you think about the uh, the the eight-man tag to start off the show with uh, Cole and Roderick Strong and uh, Orange Cassidy and uh, I think it was Bandito? Yeah, it was Bandito. Against uh, Butcher and the Blade, Kip Sabian, and uh, God, I don't remember who the other guy was. Damn it, I hate when I forget that stuff. Uh, might have been at the at the kitchen or something, maybe. I don't really remember that too much. So you have to forgive me. I I don't remember. So what did you think of? Uh, one, I think, uh, and I, I put it in the chat, I think Orange Cassidy's got to be like the the MVP for AEW right now. Most consistent performer they have. And just continues to just show out every opportunity he has. And that's not a dig at, at Roddy Strong or Adam Cole. I thought they had a great showing too, but Orange Cassidy's just amazing. And he's just finding more and more ways to really, really bring it home. And And I think... <laughs> He's one of those guys that kind of the sky's the limit. And as he continues to get more and more comfortable on television, he just seems to find different ways to keep the old Orange Cassidy character and intermingle it with just a guy that runs full bore. It's really, really cool to see. Yeah, but I think you're kind of biased on Orange Cassidy. I like Orange Cassidy. And one of your, doesn't one of your family like absolutely love Orange Cassidy? No, 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 no. My daughter is crazy about Darby Allen. Get it right. Oh, Darby She's Allen. Very oh, specific. Okay. She likes Darby Allen. Oh. Okay, never mind. Either way, they both suck. <laughs> Damn, that's not very nice. <laughs> I thought. Nah, uh, I mean, he, he's he's fun to watch, but. Uh, I'd much rather see him wrestle at the speed you know he can wrestle at. Mm-hmm. At least one match. Cut out some of the comedy stuff. Well, he's got a, a real challenge with Kyle Fletcher, uh, one half of the United Empire. And that is most likely going to be at, uh, for, not Forbidden Door, Double or Nothing. Well, when's Forbidden Door? Forbidden Door is, uh, that is, just had to pull it up. That is June 25th. Yeah, but that may carry over. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe. Rob, you're awful quiet on these uh, AEW matters. Any thoughts here, sir? On what? (laughs) 
I don't know the AEW thing I just asked you about. You said AEW matters. The yeah, AEW like any of it. Matter. <laughs> okay. Thank you for your astute observation, sir. I like the United Empire. I'm okay. impressed. And so, like, them being on American television is just making me excited because it's just, you know, they they go every week like the caliber of Will Ospreay, and it's just, you know, it's kind of like it reminds me of, well, it reminds me of what Ricochet used to do, and then I get sad. Oh, well, don't get sad, Rob. It's... Because it's like, I think Ricochet's even forgot what he used to do, you know, like. Yeah, now he but, just gets thrown around by Braun Strowman. But yeah, so, I mean, I'm excited to see them on TV. I'm excited to see that going on. Is that going to be a great match? Yes. You know. So. I mean, Orange Cassidy, eh. Cassidy, I, I, there's times I could take it or leave it. Oh, wow. Man. What? I'm, an, I'm on an island by myself when it comes to Orange Cassidy. Okay. I, I kind of agree with Brian. Like, the comedy sometimes overshadows his ability. Mm-hmm. No? It's kind of like Darby Allen. How many times can Darby Allen be thrown like a lawn dart and get up? Eventually, his spine and his body is going to be like, no, nah, dude, we're done. I have so. I have serious questions about Darby when it comes to his, his own thoughts on his well-being. Because he really does put himself really through some crazy shit. I thought the uh, double Jeopardy match between Phoenix and Claudio was really good. Um, and it just reminds you just how good Phoenix is singles as well as uh, doing tag matches. I mean, Claudio, is it, it goes without saying, Phoenix is great, but, you know, we we only see him really in tag team matches lately. So this was a good a good chance to remind us, no, 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 he's still just as good in the ring by himself. Who, Claudio? Phoenix. Oh. I was, you know, I was going to say Claudio's your ROH champ, so he should be good, but I stand corrected. Talking about Phoenix. Ooh. Phoenix. Ray Phoenix. That was kind of an odd pairing, though, for. Why wouldn't it have been Penta? I don't know. That's isn't he usually the of the two of them the one that does more singles matches? Mm-hmm. I think so. I believe so. I believe so. What do you think of the House of Black's new uh, new rules for the trios titles? I'm quite figured it out. Don't they? Don't they have the? Do they have the choice of what rule to follow per per week or? So, let me pull this up. The, the way it is it was explained to me. <laughs> House of Black trios title rules. 
basically they they could set it where it's called the open house rules. Um, let me pull this up. Here we go. Under house rules, the following applies: one point two, one point two zero seconds countouts. Excuse me, twenty seconds. Damn it. <laughs> one point two second count. Yeah, that's great. Well, number one, 20 second countouts. Because you will not be safe on the outside, you will not run away when it gets hard. We will f- we force you to be harder, force you to cave in under the pressure. Number two, no rope escapes. Because of the true nature of man is measured in its ability to withstand pain, there is no easy way out. You will fight or submit. Number three, DQ is enforced. You break the tradition you forfeit your chance. The entire world will watch as you admit you do not have what it takes and must live with this embarrassment your entire life. Good God. Never made a DQ sound so bad. And then number four, dealer's choice. You decide what the last rule is. Why? Because it's fair and balance is all we have. So you you could literally say anything goes. Or you could say ladder match, or you. I, that's my interpretation of that. Hmm. They didn't like give them a list of stipulations. Like, These are the <laughs> no, sticks. No, that's the thing. Like it's, it's such an open, uh, just an open platform that I was like, well, I, I don't really know. When I saw it the first time, I, I was like, oh, okay, twenty second countouts. Isn't that what AEW started with? Weren't they gonna go with that? Wasn't that New Japan's rules they were trying to kind of uh, kind of mimic? Uh, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I think it was a longer longer outside. And it was longer on the uh, the tag team rules too. Wasn't it supposed to be ten seconds instead of five? Uh, that I don't remember. They don't really hold to that very well anyway. Oh, who does? I like right. I like the disqualification description though. <laughs> you must live with this embarrassment your entire life. Damn. Okay. That's don't harsh. Break, don't break the rules, Jesus. Sorry. You will be banished forever. I mean, it, it's obvious that the way that they're going to get beaten is when when someone says, "I'll take dealer's choice," and the rule the the rule I choose is there are no rules. Boom. That's how the titles get changed. Or a handicap match or something crazy. Right, right. Yeah. All of Team Jarrett and Lethal. Oh, some some enhancement guy just got squished on a uh, camera on Raw just now. That hurt. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know how this tag team is pronounced. Indus Sure, I-N-D-U-S-S-H-E-R. Basically, Jinder Mahal's tag team. Wrestling two job guys. One guy just takes a pump kick to the face while he's standing on the apron. He turns to, to just bump outside, and a cameraman's standing there, and he just lands on the camera. The cameraman doesn't move, by the way. The guy just falls <laughs> off. <laughs> I bet you he's going to get screamed one job, at. man. <laughs> He's going to get screamed at when he gets to the back. How dare you try to break our camera? <laughs> Jeez. I hate Jinder Mahal. He sucks so bad. Ah, he was a former champion. Blah. They 
should have continued to be Maharaja. <laughs> right. Listen, you can't, you can't say nothing, right? I mean, he was never going to get there, takes True. a sabbatical, comes back, better shape, finally gets a decent program, and look what look what he got. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right on that. He did the work, came back, ready to go, U.S. title, world title. Not bad. Pretty good turnaround for a guy that, you know, was in 3MB before that. That is a Hall of Fame tag team right there. The three-man band? Wouldn't it be hilarious if that's how they all get in the Hall of Fame one day? Oh, my God. Like, they don't get in funny. on their individual achievements. They just go, we're putting in three-man band. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. Keith Slater would be all about it. He got kids, man. <laughs> Let's see here. Just scrolling through the news. It's always interesting to hear hear this stuff, but we kind of veered into uh, uncharted waters with the uh, paranormal stuff. That was kind of cool. Ken Anderson says he's not surprised that he hasn't been asked back to WWE. He says, I said some really shitty things on my my way out the door. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) Well, the fact that nobody needs you, dude, like. I mean, he got a bum rap when he when he got released. It was wasn't really all that fair. He he was blamed for an injury to Randy Orton that. That didn't even really happen. Randy turned out to be fine. And then he, of course, tears his tricep, gets taken out of money in the bank. And uh, they, they come to find out that they released him because they thought he was injury prone. Turned out he was actually healthy. Yeah. Might, you know, might have been a mistake, but it's not. it's not like he really did anything after leaving either so is the in nwa now or? uh he wrestles just kind of doing independence now um mm. he's done some some work in the, in the nwa but not not nothing regular uh she so um yeah i mean do I think he probably did get a little bit of a bum rap with that title shot? Yeah, because I, I remember when it happened. He had to turn it over. Um, I do think he probably kind of got a rap, but, you know, it's the WWE, though. They're going to do what they want. Because is he the only one still that had to give it up that way? Yeah, I mean, he's the only one that I've seen that had to basically, when they thought he was hurt, they had him lose to Edge, and it turned out he wasn't hurt. (laughs) And he comes back and actually does tear his tricep. 
only to find out that if he had if he had never been taken out of the the match, he would have been the guy that beats the Undertaker at SmackDown that night. That's that's some shit right there. I mean, that would I think I'd understand being pissed off in that in that situation. Plus, so I mean, was, Randy Orton back then was really the, dirty. Was Taker the champ? Yeah, he was world champion. That's when Edge cashed in on Taker after uh, Mark Henry beat the piss out of him. Oh, wow. It's like uh, 2008-ish. That would have been a hell of a win. I'm tired. Feels like it's been a long week already, but it's only Monday. What the hell? Mm. Yeah, it was a long week. Every a- week's a long week. AEW was in Salem, Virginia this past weekend. There we go. Hangman Page did a uh, a special appearance because apparently he was advertised and then he was taken off because of the eye injury. <laughs> and he came out with uh eye patch on and beat the holy snot out of Big Bill is what I've been reading on Twitter. Well, the fact the Civic Center did a whole thing about how Virginia's own mm-hmm. Adam Page is going to be here for like weeks. Whoops. <laughs> Our bad. What did you guys think of the firm deletion? Still haven't watched it. No. Rob, did, have, you, have you watched it? I watched part of it. Uh-huh. I would say, like, I kind of feel like they're trying to catch lightning in a bottle again. Yeah. You know, like, when they did it the first time in the Lake of Regina, whatever. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, that was one thing, but. I like what they're trying to do. I like they're trying to give Jeff Hardy some, you know, a send off, like a way to kind of come back and reclaim his, his, you know, legend, I guess, at one point, as you say it. So. I'd let him go to ROH. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think, like, they brought Matt Hardy in. And I would agree with Brian. If you didn't send them to ROH, they're just going to, like, be mid-card. Like, I don't see Matt Hardy at this point Mm -hmm. going past that. Or Jeff, you know? Do the Hardys end up being being the AEW tag champs before they finally retire? I mean, I could see it if the circumstance is relevant, but as of right now, with what they've got, no. I mean, would you put them over? No, not over FTR? FTR right now, no. I don't know what tag team I would put over FTR right now. Like, right well, this I'd, moment. Like, eventually the Lethal Bucks. And, <laughs> lethal and uh, Jeffrey and don't say that. Don't say that. Why are you doing that? No. Why are we putting a title on Jeff Jarrett? Because he's an American treasure. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> oh my god, no! God, why? <laughs> Maybe that's why ticket sales aren't doing so hot in Vegas. They think Jared's going to sing, sing with my baby tonight. <laughs> oh my god. They're just mad because he sold them gold bars and now he's showing back up. <laughs> they want refunds. Sorry, but I think it's happening. Do you? Is it just mm-hmm. because of the fact that FDR has, has come out ahead in the past few weeks, or what? No, it's because FDR dropped Jay Briscoe on his head. Yeah, that that was um, that was they did that really well, and I like that when they went to check on him, Jarrett's kind of standing there. He's like, "Some friends you are. You hit the guy." I was like, "Oh my god." You can hear him going, we're your real friends. It's like, oh, wow. He's going to be the special guest referee. Hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. I kind of I kind of don't want to see Jarrett and Lethal have the titles. But I can see where you're going with that. They did set it up pretty nicely. Ugh. Yeah, I say. What is more likely, Sting and Darby winning the tag titles or the Hardys winning the tag titles within the next year? Oh, what the hell? Well, that's uh, that's awkward. Internet just dropped here. Bear with me a minute while I uh, continue to record and find out what the hell just happened. What in the world just happened here? I'm going to pause here for one moment. Be right back. Yeah. Oh, he's back. And Skype strikes again. He's he changed his tampon and rejoined us. <laughs> it was the Jarrett thing. The Jarrett thing crashed my internet. We figured you were mad at us. Why would I be mad at you? Because your hair follicles. <laughs> your nerves are as finicky as your follicles. Ouch. Wow. Give me a little, a little bit more credit than that. I got a little bit thicker skin than that. Maybe not a lot, but a little bit. Just a teeny bit.
Brian, have you played Tears of the Kingdom yet? Mm-mm. Have you? I have not. I did watch a oh. little bit of a, a playthrough. Um, I guess the first 15, 20 minutes of it, you know, kind of the tutorial beginning where you learn how to do all the different functions. It looks like they're really incorporating a lot more um, it looks puzzle like what? solving. It looks like they're incorporating a lot more puzzle solving in this game than they did the, the last one. Mm, I've heard some crazy amount of time dumped in that thing, though. Like 80 to 100 plus hours to get, like, everything. Oh, wow. I need to finish the other one first. I have I'm going on vacation soon. I'll, I'll probably take it with me. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Rob, there's a new Star Trek game coming out. Is there? It's called Resurgence. The narrative adventure game featuring dialogue choices, relationship building, exploration. Could be kind of interesting. Yeah. Is that what you shared the other day with, like, Spock on the Hill? No. I don't think so. That was pretty cool footage. Like, what was... Sorry, Rob. They're also talking about doing a new show. Because the new season of Picard, there's a lot of Easter eggs and spoilers of, like, the future and fate of different Star Trek legends. And and right now, the only two good Star Trek games I got I found are um, Timeline and Fleet Command. And they both, you hit a certain point, it's like, I can't go any farther. And those are both uh, mobile games, right? Yeah. I play them, and it's, it's fun, but, um, but yeah. It's exciting. I mean, I like the fact that apparently there's already um, another Star Trek show going to start based on the end of Picard using most of the characters, except obviously Patrick Stewart, because he's 105. But I'm not, I'm just like, if you have watched season one of Picard, you know why he can live longer. So, if you haven't watched it, whoops, sorry. My bad. I would really want to do a, a, a full Star Trek watch through, like from the TV show through the movies to Next Generation movies, you know, and just watch all the way through. I bet that would be a, a real task. Heck yeah, man. It's like six years. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of content. Well, the the funny thing is, is how Patrick Stewart didn't want to do it at first. Like, he didn't want to do Star his Trek. agents like his agents is like, hey, man, just do me a favor. Go to the read, you know, go see what it is. You're a serious actor. They probably won't like you anyway. And then Gene Roddenberry's like, that's my guy. 
And then they, ri- they originally were going to have him wear a wig because he was bald. But then that got changed. But. Oh, yes. I truly believe you can be a fan of Star Wars and Star Trek people. I'm sorry. Get over yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> They're both very good. Oh, yeah. But. And there's new Star Wars coming out. Like, supposedly, Ray set 15 years in the future. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't know that. Well, I know Jedi Survivor yeah. just came out. That game looks like incredibly difficult. You're talking about a movie, though. Well, Jedi Survivor, I've watched my son play it, Christian. I've watched him play it. He does fun, but like even a kid who's played from the original, from the first game to this game. It's like I keep going around and start golf. <laughs> I think a game I wish I would have played more of was, um, I think it was Star Wars Battalion. I wish I had played that one more. Jesus. Like reclaim the Jedi's, like 15 years ahead in the future. Have y'all seen the like the YouTube videos of um, Obi Wan and Darth Vader, like the characters Hayden Christensen and uh, Ewan McGregor watching um, Mandalorian? No, I have mm-hmm. not. It's like there's that whole scene in Mandalorian where they're skate, they're like they're helping Grogu, right? And like Hayden Christian's like, oh, I should have looked in there. <laughs> <laughs> Hayden Christian's got a, a cool just attitude about his legacy in Star Wars and the role he played. I like how comfortable he is with it. Man, I think the only movie he really did after that was what, Jumper? I don't think he did much else after that, and then Mandalorian when he came back for the Darth Vader, Darth Vader role. Yeah, I was kind of just I'm like they made all this big deal about it, and then there's like, boom. <laughs> I said it was Mandalorian. I meant uh, Kenobi. Yeah, get it right, dude. I know. Damn it! What the hell? <sighs> Are they making? So having these Battlestar Galactica people, you know. Stargate people come into the worlds of Star Wars. Sorry. Never got into Stargate. And I barely remember Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Beware the Cylons. I remember that. Sorry. <laughs> deep Sea Ocean or Deep Quest. Or oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Not Sea Quest. Jesus, no. I don't know what it's called because my mom always referred to it as Deep deep Sea Ocean. And then when (laughs) Star Trek Deep Space Nine came out, she's like, is that Deep Space Ocean? (laughs) (laughs) That had that kid, um, the the one that was in the uh, uh, Chuck Norris movie. Um, What was his name? He died like really young. Um, 
Jonathan Brandis? Oh, he was in that movie, like, what was it, Sidekicks or whatever? Yeah, that? yeah that's what it was. Yeah. But I tell everybody, you want to know what Chuck Norris's ego is? <laughs> it was a movie written and directed by Chuck Norris about a kid who idolizes Chuck Norris. Starring <laughs> Chuck Norris. <laughs> but all of us would, given the chance, we would make the same movie. Who do you idolize? Well, me, of course. I am the hero in my own movie. Don't know what I'd be the hero of, but whatever. Uh, I heard the Diablo 4 did their um, server slam this weekend. Brian, did you play it at all? <clears throat> mm, no, but I've never in my life heard such a bunch of whiny ass bitches. Really? Okay, do tell, because I had not really, I didn't really get a chance to really get into it this weekend, so what did you see? Or hear? All you gotta do is pay attention to Facebook. It was too hard. It was, you know, we didn't get the legendary drops like they said we were gonna get. and We only got to play so much of the game, and Oh man, I'm level ten trying to beat the world boss, and I can't beat it. And I'm with a group of level tens, and we all can't beat it. Typical people that don't have any clue what a Diablo game is, or the fact of what a free beta is. Yeah, or the fact it's a a slam on the servers. Right. To try and stress them out. Mm-hmm. Stop the whining. I didn't see any of that this weekend. But there again, I don't. I don't see a lot of Diablo stuff on Facebook. Usually, when I see Diablo stuff, it's on Twitter. Oh, there's a really nice Diablo Four community out there on Facebook, and most of them are whining about. Not most, but a lot of them were whining about how how incomplete the game is and it's a beta and how they had to get their money back and again they 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 could claim they've played a Diablo you know you could claim you've played one but you can tell which ones say well I've been playing Diablo since the first game and they're, you know, some of them are whining about it. Are you kidding me? Do we need to load up Diablo 1 and 2 and talk about how hard it was? I was going to say Diablo 2 was ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't beat Diablo 2. That took me ages. To, I want to say I got to Act 3. It was Remember, it was four discs. That damn mm-hmm. game, it was ridiculous. And then when they did Resurrect it, I got it on um, Xbox when they re-released it. And I remember being mad because I, I paid full price for it. And I was angry because when they re-released it, it kept crashing on Xbox. But I saw it through. They eventually fixed it. That's a true story. They did eventually put some patches out. But, yeah, but it, I mean, it's just like crazy. Like, like you dump hundreds of hours into this game. Mm-hmm. For the sole purpose of trying to find equipment 
that allows you to move up tiers. Yep. I mean, literally, you could go for weeks and weeks and weeks trying to get this piece of equipment and still never get it. That's what Diablo is. Yeah, Diablo has evolved so much over that. Remember the first one in 95 when it comes out, the beta? That by itself was like six levels, uh, six dungeons. And that was ridiculously hard. You want to talk about wearing out a mouse? Click, 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 click. Like crazy. Just, you, you could wear out a mouse pad and a mouse real easy on the first one. And that was just from the beta. I never played it online with the first one. I played it online a little bit on the second one. And then, of course, Diablo 3 was pretty much all online, so. Yeah, I played the piss out of So I have one, I have two, I have three. I've had multiple incarnations of each mm-hmm. from, I have the disc, the PC disc for one and two upstairs. I have two on the Xbox. Uh, I've had three when it was on the the um, not the Series X. What was the one before this? Um, was it on the what? What was after the 360? The uh, one Xbox One. Yeah. Yeah, I had it on the one. I have it on the the Series X. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I have the dig, the actual disc floating around the house. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm I'm great at Diablo, but listen, if you don't know fucking Diablo, don't goddamn order Diablo or what? go ask somebody first. It was <laughs> you know the same as when people complained about complained about Diablo Immortal. I thought all that complaining was much ado about nothing. Play it free or pay for it. What's the big fucking deal? Like, if you don't want to buy the stuff, don't buy the stuff. You can still play it endlessly, endlessly, without having to pay a single penny. Yes. That's the argument with any game, though. Well, yeah, but... Because, oh, wait a minute, that person gets more levels than I do. Then that person also bought the passes, you know. But to a point, though, but Diablo is designed in such a way that once you start hitting... Uh, higher uh, world tiers or whatever they're called, called, you better have the right equipment or you're going to get destroyed quick. True. Um, I don't remember what was the highest I played on in in three, but you could tell a difference between between a world tier. Um. So I. I I had to back it down every so often. You know, you I'd put it up. Oh, no, 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 no. Maybe I should go back down. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might have jumped down, too, and find the right equipment and then go back up. And, um, yeah, the difficulty levels on, on Diablo were set that way with three for a reason, like for you to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to progress up through the tiers. And it, it, it really reminds me, I mean – I think they're one of the first games that Blizzard has, has done that, that managed the microtransactions the right way. That's what I thought they did. Like, I wasn't a, I'm still not a big fan about how World of Warcraft handles it. Because you literally got to pay for everything if you really want to move forward in World of Warcraft. And I, I just, 
I like playing that game, but I can't I can't see spending what is it fifteen dollars a month for their game time, and then if you want the mounts and the upgraded blah 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 blah. I mean, there's so much stuff. It's really ridiculous. Diablo Immortal let it out there where it came out on on mobile. Now, granted, the the download for it was like eighty freaking gigabytes, which is retarded, but whatever. Um, you know, the download for it was one thing, but the the way they did it was you could play free and still progress up the tiers. And if you wanted to spend money, it was it wasn't exactly ridiculous. It was like five bucks for a battle pass when it first started on beta. You know, Diablo 3 managed to do it where you could pay for the season pass or you could literally just play through progression offline. Yeah, as offline as it lets you. Um, it, you replay it all the time without really spending anything except for what you pay for the game. Yeah, it's... Most games with season passes um they're not pay to win right. um diablo immortal was a little bit different but although i never really quite saw or maybe i didn't quite understand i hadn't really figured out how that was supposed to be pay to win um you know again the thing about diablo diablo is not meant to be beaten in 50 hours right it's, it's not meant endless. to be yes it's not meant to be beaten in a hundred hours this is a game i don't remember when diablo 3 came out how long ago it is but you still have people playing diablo 3 mm-hmm. i'll lay you money you still probably have people playing diablo 2 oh yeah there's a huge in- huge community out there for diablo 2 yeah, in in the whole hopes of finding the perfect rolled chess piece. Right. I, this is what this is what some people don't understand. You're not playing, you know, like a Zelda game. You know, because in the Zelda game, where from start to finish is only going to tie you up so much, then you're going to put it on the shelf and forget about it. No, no, this has been a thriving community. Since one, I mean, at one point, it, I think it held the record for the the biggest item that was sold uh, on the marketplace for real money. I mean, there was an item that sold for ridiculous money, real life money. In Diablo 2, back when it first came out, back before, I, don't, I think they changed the store after that. Well, didn't they used to, um, didn't players used to have the ability to, like, sell their accounts on eBay? No, you could sell items. Like, in-game items. For real money. So oh, I could, the if I house. found the, yeah, yeah, yeah if okay. I found the perfect rolled, mm. you know, sword, I could put it up on the auction house for real money. And people would buy it. It's, I mean, like, if you've never touched a Diablo game, this may not be for you. And that's okay. But in the same breath, (laughs) in the same breath about Diablo, just understand what it is and move on. 
Stop being whiny little bitches about it. <laughs> oh my god, the beta was so hard. It really wasn't. Oh my god. It was. I thought it was um, scaled properly. I mean, it played just like it was supposed to, in my opinion. I felt. I mean, there were a couple things that were glitched, but they fixed them on the on the following patch. I don't think there was ever a problem. Yeah. So if I did, it was the opposite, people would bitch think about that too. No, 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 not on this one. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Because you can tweak. When I say world tier, you can tweak the level on Diablo. Yeah. Like that's not hard to 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 tweak. You can tweak it to the point where you're like, oh, that's too hard. Let me go back. <laughs> um, I mean, that's just how Diablo is. So. Or Diablo 3 was anyway. I think there were like 11 world tiers or 13 something on Diablo 3. I think I might have gotten to 6 or 7. So. Well, in, in big, big breaking news today, WWE Supercard did announce the unveiling of the latest quest and uh, character <laughs> to come in Robo the game. Freaking Robocop. Uh, huh? <laughs> Wait, he was, he, was a, he was a WCW superstar. <laughs> Ask Easy E. Oh my god. Capital Cop. Ask Easy E. <laughs> I saw that, that and I was, was like, what? <laughs> One of the greatest things he ever did. Right next to Lasertron. <laughs> no, nah, I think Lasertron was before him. Well, Capital Combat was 1990. That's before Bischoff. So. Oh, that's before Bischoff, too. It's probably a dusty thing. Start, he didn't. Yeah, maybe it's, it's a dusty time, thing. baby. <laughs> wow. Uh, DC Dual Force uh, is set to come out later this year. It's the DC Comics uh, answer to Marvel Snap, but it looks like it's a lot more involved. Could be a lot of fun. Um, there's DCDualForce.com if you want to take a look at some of the gameplay. There's samples there, and then YouTube's got a ton of uh, tutorials already, so they're getting ready for a pretty large launch. Yeah, right. It'll probably be like DC's hero, DC heroes and villains. It'll take five years to fucking get here. Or AEW's game. <laughs> uh, they um actually AEW did have uh, some small updates there. The achievements were released um, in part for Fight Forever. Let me grab this list here. It was actually kind of interesting. We can close out with that. Here we go. List of uh, achievements for AEW Fight Forever surfaces online. Let's see here. Promising new team. Create a custom team that includes a custom wrestler and complete a tag team match. Arena Architect. Create a custom arena. Making their debut. Create a custom wrestler. Um, Professional gamer. Play through five different (laughs) mini games. 
casual gamer, win a mini game with the, within Road to Elite. So it sounds like the career mode is going to be called Road to Elite. Hall of Famer, earn a career grade of A plus in Road to Elite. Earn all the T-shirts that can be earned in Road to Elite to be called the Shirt Collector. Food Critic, select dining 16 times in a single playthrough in Road to Elite. What? <laughs> uh, let's see here. The Danger Achievement is unlocked when you... Contents under pressure, attack an opponent using a barbed wire bat in a lights-out match and exhibition. And then there's a bunch of others here, but it's a pretty nice list. Um, some interesting things that get confirmed. There is uh, some screenshots about uh, what they look like. If you search it up, just go to Fightful.com. They've got the headline there. But if you just search up AEW Fight Forever Achievements, you can take a look at the, the full leaked list. Um, there's not anything else as far as release date yet. Brian and I talked about it last week where we talked about how you know, they've still got perhaps a ways to go before it finally comes out. But I would imagine with the achievements being leaked, it must be at least a little bit closer. You would think. Um, however, some people, have, you know, sometimes they find those things out prior to. you got to be really, really uh, savvy to, to be able to find where the achievements would be hidden for that. I mean, you'd have to go, what, go into the store? find the game under their profiles and then maybe possibly just happen to be there when it's uploaded by accident? No. It's called hacking. I don't know anything about hacking, okay? I'm not a hacker. <laughs> uh, that's really it for this week. <laughs> To be honest, not a whole lot of. That's as good as it gets, folks. <laughs> there you go. Not a really, not really a lot of news this week, um, which is probably a good thing. I, I prefer that no news is good news. Uh, on, we would, we do send our uh, thoughts and prayers out to uh, the the family, and of course to the guy himself, the superstar Billy Graham, who is on life support currently. Um, doctors asked his wife at one point if she wanted to remove him from life support. She refused. She wants to give him an opportunity to fight his way back. So, our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, the Graham family. A lot of uh, a lot of wrestlers through the '80s and '90s influenced by superstar Billy Graham. Okay. There you have it. <laughs> Uh, that's going to do it for us this week on Corner to Corner on C2CRadioShow.com. Catch up with Rob on the Twitter bot at Rob Hefner C2C. Catch up with Brian at Vlad Dragul C2C. That's V-L-A-D-D-R-A-G-O-O-L-C2C. I'm at Stan Grubb. And the show is at C2C Radio Show and C2CRadioShow.com. Thanks again for listening. Next week, it's uh, the, the, the go-home week of uh, Night of Champions, and the countdown to Double or Nothing begins, so we'll do some predictions there. Until next time, have a great week, everybody. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.